food bloggers. Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. If you have ever wanted to add digital products to your business and add this as a form of revenue to bring into your business, you need to listen to this episode. Jillian Leslie from Milo Tree joins me and she talks about which types of digital products are good for food bloggers to dig into, which ones are most effective to start with, and we have a really great conversation about this. Enjoy the episode. It is number 403, sponsored by Rank IQ. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to eBlog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave eBlog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Jillian Leslie loves building businesses on the internet with her husband, David. In 2009, they started Catch My Party, one of the largest party idea sites on the web. In 2016, Jillian and David built Milo Tree, a smart pop-up app to help bloggers and creators grow their social media followers and email lists. And in 2021, they built Milo Tree Cart, the easiest tool for bloggers and creators to sell digital products. It is built for non-techies. For the past four years, Jillian has been hosting her weekly podcast called The Blogger Genius Podcast. She interviews successful bloggers, entrepreneurs, and industry experts to break down what's working now in online business. Jillian received her BA and MBA from Stanford. She lives in Austin, Texas with her husband and daughter, Lainey. Hello, Jillian. How are you today? So grateful to have you on eBlog Talk. Oh, Megan, thank you so much. I'm really honored to be here. Same. I'm just so excited to have you here. And we're going to talk about digital products today for food bloggers and which ones you see them having the most success with. But first, we want to know if you have a fun fact to share with us. Mm, my fun fact is before becoming a blogger and starting my online career, I was a writer in Hollywood for over 10 years. What? Okay. And explain. I worked on, wait, I worked on some movies like Freaky Friday. Oh. So I was on the set of that and wrote a draft of that. And I worked on a bunch of sitcoms and wrote some movies, but Freaky Friday is the only one that really got made. Oh my gosh. So why did you leave that space? I left the space because I had a daughter. Oh, I had a child yeah. and all of a sudden, and, and it's funny, I was uh, pregnant and I was working on a movie with Salma Hayek. And I remember thinking that I was just going to have my daughter and like kind of just go, okay, here, you kind of stay home with like a babysitter and I'll just keep writing. And as soon as I had my daughter, everything changed. Mm. And I thought to myself, huh, Hollywood just doesn't seem as cool as it did. Right. I had I had a bigger job now. I was Lainey's mom. Oh, yes. And it really did like I I joke, but I say like I was hijacked by my own biology. Like becoming a mom just changed everything. And my husband and I had my husband was a like a big person at MySpace back in the day. And so we started work because I wrote teen movies and worked on like young sitcoms. And so we thought to ourselves, hey, let's start a site together as like a side project. And we were working on that, which ultimately is Catch My Party, which is our first site. And so after I had my daughter and realized that this just didn't seem as cool, I said to David, I'm like, could we take our fate in our own hands? And could we work on our own projects and our own sites mm. and grow our own businesses? And so I left. And I remember going to my agents and saying, hey, guys, uh, yeah, I want to stop writing. I had an agent, a manager, lawyer, wow. and being like, nope, we're, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And that was what happened. That's so cool. And there are things that you just can't anticipate about having children. And that is one of them. You just want to do whatever you can to focus on them. I found the same thing with me. Just like, I will do whatever it takes. I need to be home with these people. 
that's it. And I remember so clearly like being in a meeting and the way it works in Hollywood is like you have all these meetings and you kind of, you know, like talk about like what movies you've seen and what TV shows and stuff like for a long time before the meeting even starts. And I remember sitting there going, I got to get home. Like you don't understand. This is more, I have something more important. Yeah. I can still relate to that. I was in the corporate world for a long time and Oh boy, that was hard. I that was the reason I started my food blog actually, just being totally heartbroken after my second son was born and I had to go back after maternity leave. I was crying in my desk. I'm like, I can't be here. I want to be at home. And I started my blog the next day. So that was my motivation. Well, I completely under and I didn't know. I didn't know until I had her. Yeah, you don't. There's no way to anticipate that, right? Absolutely no yeah. way. I would be like, I don't understand these women who want to be home. And then all of a sudden I was like, all I want is to be home. All I want is to like be able to chart my own path. Yeah, that's so true. Well, you have definitely done that. You guys have created so many amazing products. And this kind of leads to our chat today. You know digital products really well. So how did you get to the point where you are just loving digital products so much? Okay, so... During the pandemic, I was lonely and I started a membership and it was really nice because I made David, my husband, be part of the membership and he was not super psyched about that at the beginning because he just wants to go off and like build his technology. And ultimately we really liked it and we like leaned in with this group of women and what was so nice about it was we didn't have to talk about the pandemic or anything like how freaked out we were. This was way at the beginning of the pandemic and we could talk about our businesses and how they were growing. And at this time, for Catch My Party. So just to back up, David and I started Catch My Party in 2009. It's still growing, like going strong. You can go check out like all our free printables for your parties. And chances are, if you've ever planned a party on Pinterest, you've ended up on Catch My Party at some point. And that's, that's, you know, again, we get millions of page views over there. But uh, while we were growing Catch, what what happened, I'll, I'll make this very short, was we were getting a lot of traffic from Facebook for Catch My Party. And then all of a sudden, Facebook started to tighten their spigot. And we realized we were getting a lot of traffic from Pinterest. And we needed to double down on that. So David, who can build anything, grew a pop-up to live on Catch My Party that would say, hey, follow us on Pinterest. And it worked. And from that, we rolled that out as a tool for other bloggers and creators to grow their now all their social media channels and email subscribers with our pop-up called Milo Tree. And so then when we were doing our group, what we noticed is a lot of the women in the group wanted to do things like start a membership or sell digital downloads. And we were selling digital downloads for Catch My Party. And we noticed that it was really difficult And we couldn't find a solution because also I would help them. I'd, you know, consult and say, hey, if you want me to help you set this up, I will. And I turned to David and I said, it shouldn't be this hard. And what I noticed was a lot of the women were great at building community, coming up with product ideas, but actually putting it together was like a total tech nightmare. Yeah. And because with Milo Tree, what we learned was how to make incredibly easy technology on our customer side. So we have complicated tech on our side, but you can literally install Milo Tree on your WordPress site in two minutes that we're like, can we take that knowledge and can we apply it to Milo Tree cart? And really that has been our North Star. We, and I was, I was telling you this before we pressed record, I get on calls with lots of our customers and hear from them. And this is like what I hear all the time. I hate tech. <laughs> tech hates me. I'm horrible at all tech. All the time. I suck at tech. Like, and I say it too. So it's not like, yeah, hey, it is a I'm on theme. some mountaintop. I just happen to be married to a guy who's awesome at tech and can solve my tech problems. But I have them virtually daily. Yeah. And I feel like in the rest of my life, I feel really smart, but when it comes to technology, I feel powerless. Mm. And so we said, how can we empower predominantly female bloggers and creators to sell directly to their audiences? And that was really the genesis of my literary cart and watching 
building it with our customers has been so fun and getting on calls with them and hearing what their struggles are, what they're like celebrating in their successes. And I went to a blogging conference at the beginning in the fall. Okay. And it was the first conference I went back to. It was like a mastermind kind of thing. And it was the first one I'd been back to since the pandemic. And I know and all women, all bloggers, and I know many, many food bloggers. And I noticed there was a level of anxiety that I hadn't noticed before. I used to go to lots of conferences. And I noticed stuff like things like the Pinterest, Pinterest just had come out and said like, we're ending the creator oh, fund. Right. And other people were complaining about the algorithms and third-party cookies going away and what that was going to mean. And other people who did a lot of sponsored content were saying, yeah, I'm not the right person anymore. They're not looking for like some middle-aged white mom. You know, they want very specific targets. And so they're not hiring me anymore. And I thought to myself, and I said to them, well, what about selling products to your audiences? And they were wanting to do it, but it seemed like it was too big a boulder to push up the hill. Mm. Right. Even like just getting started, right? It's getting yeah. started. Well, they had ideas because they know what problems they solve, but to actually make it happen and learn another quote unquote platform and dig in just seemed too much. Do you recommend that all bloggers get into this selling digital products? Do you think it's beneficial for all of us? I think today with all of the tools that are available to you, which include Canva, Chat, GPT, and Zoom. I don't know how you don't start mm. experimenting with digital products. So with Canva, you can make a checklist in an hour. With ChatGPT, you can write an ebook. With Zoom, you can host a membership or do coaching. Like these tools now have become so mainstream that I and the, the other thing I hear a lot is I don't have time. But my head of marketing and I decided to do an experiment and create an ebook. And we used chat GPT. Now we did not take it word for word, like right. we put it in our own language, but just go to chat GPT and say, write an outline for an ebook on X topic and it will get you so far. Yes. And then take each of those and put them into chat GPT and look at the ideas that all of a sudden are right there ready for you to dig into. And we were able to write the ebook in so we kind of did it as like tag team. It took about, she's the designer, took about three hours to come up with this really robust like 25 page ebook. And wow. then she put it into, we offer a Canva template for an ebook and she put it into the ebook and it looks really professional. Now we're starting to run ads to it on Facebook. Wow. And we put it into Milo Tree Cart in like five minutes oh and boom. Wow. So the idea when you're sitting here saying, I don't have time. I, I kind of go, no, I think you probably do. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's an, that's something that we could have said even five years ago that would have probably been accurate. But now, like you said, Zoom, Canva, these tools all make our jobs so streamlined and so easy. So you can check those off and dig in, right? So, And, and the thing that I, I say to people is it's all about discovery, because in fact, I just did a podcast. So I have a podcast called the Blogger Genius Podcast. And Megan, you're an upcoming yes. guest. And I just did a podcast episode where I outlined the 10 mistakes I see bloggers making when it comes to digital products. And most of them are about not moving fast enough, trying to create an a great product. When I say start with a good product, uh, starting with a course, I don't recommend doing that. Like it is about trial and error. It's about putting stuff out there and testing and seeing what sticks. Where can you get people to take out their credit card and buy? That's, you know, that's called product market fit. Then how do you learn from your customers, make your product better and better and better, create other products related to that product. That's how you start to get traction. Mm. So it's messier than people think. It's not going to be beautiful, but I don't think blogging is beautiful. Right. <laughs> so you recommend just start small, start with something that you know and that you think will serve your people 
and just see if it's working and if it does continue to build on it. Absolutely. And it's funny because in my list of mistakes, like one thing that I get on calls with lots of customers and they have these beautiful ideas of what they want to sell. Like I'm going to sell a membership and it's going to have all these moving parts. So at the beginning of the month, people are going to get like a workbook and then we're going to, you know, I I don't know, like I'm going to have a library and it's just like (laughs) magical. And I've got a thousand members in my mind. And I'm like, let's pare that down. Right. Someday. Right. I mean, that's a great goal, but let's start, let's start smaller first. Yes. And it's interesting because I do, I've been thinking about this a lot, like the stories we tell ourselves and that our success just is like right around the corner and that it's going to look like you think it's going to look. And like, that's like, think of life, like life never looks like you think it's going to look. And it's, it's always kind of, I feel like as a blogger, like it's always scrappy. (laughs) It's always like trying this and then trying that and seeing, and then talking to people and iterating like you and I, on, on, on my podcast, we were talking about how you're like, I think I asked you like what, what, one of the biggest mistakes, or if you could go back to when you started and you're like, I need a village. Mm. Like I need people to be giving me feedback and to learn from. Well, it's the same thing with building digital products. You can't do it in a vacuum. Mm. Yeah. That's powerful. And something that we tend to overlook when we're digging in, we're like, I'm going to build an ebook empire tomorrow. (laughs) Totally. And that's why I say, please don't start with a course. Even if people have said, no, 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 I totally would buy your course. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? If you can get them to pay you for it before you build it, that's one thing. But if you're just going, no, 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 like five people said they would be so psyched to buy my course. I go, no, no, don't, don't start there. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. You know, of course this can be great, but I would say mm, not the first thing I would be digging into. So where do you recommend we start just with a simple ebook? Okay. So there are three places that I think are powerful to get, to see if you can get traction. And one is some sort of digital product. So it could be an ebook or a guide or a checklist or printables or something like that. And, and by the way, I have, um, well, at the end, I'll, I have a quiz where based on your personality, it'll kind of direct you to where I recommend you start. So for somebody who feels comfortable in Canva, who feels like they have a problem to solve. And by the way, when we talk about problem to solve, we, you said this on my podcast. I love how like things are so similar. It's about going deep. Mm. Because, you know, if I, let's say I've used this example before, but it's like marketing for everybody. Well, I, I, you know, how do you know I'm everybody versus say marketing, how about Instagram for real estate agents? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, or I don't know, marketing for on Instagram for millennial real estate agents. Getting very, very specific. Right. Like you go, whoa, wait, that's me. That's exactly me. There's no question. Yeah, I need to buy this. And chances are, if you are targeting me like that, you could probably charge a more premium price because you're going to help with a guarantee, by the way. But that if you can do that, chances are I will pay you more than just marketing for everybody. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yes. Getting very, very specific. Making people feel heard and understood, I think, goes a long way. Absolutely. You know me. You know my problems. You know, like we talk a shorthand that nobody else speaks in. Yeah. So true. So that's one area. The second one, the one that most excites me, but it's kind of like based on my personality, is doing a one-hour paid workshop on Zoom and hoping, ready for it, hoping that your tech doesn't work. (laughs) And what I mean by that is I say this to people and they go, oh God, but like, what if my Zoom crashes? And I go, hopefully it will because like, hopefully it's not a big tech problem. It's something you can solve. Like somehow you've muted yourself or you've whatever, because people will rally behind you. Ooh, interesting. And that you don't have to show up perfect. Mm. You know, you can have bad lighting. It could be like a rainy day and, oh no, you know, I'm kind of dark on Zoom. It doesn't matter because you're human. And if you show up human and fallible, but also really knowledgeable and hopefully empathetic, you start to build your tribe in a way that is deeper, say, than starting with an ebook. Mm. And all, and I say, all you do 
show up on Zoom with solving one small problem where you can give your people a win, a concrete win. So again, instead of being like, well, you know, this will feel good, but at the end of it, you don't walk away with anything specific. But if you say, no, 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 here is this specific thing, because at the end, you're going to get this checklist or you're going to get this thing where you will be moving forward in your life. I think that is so powerful. And you don't have to worry that like you've got the right lipstick on and people are (laughs) judging you because you're human. Right. People like that now. That's definitely a trend. People are liking the more just you be real and show us your flaws type of thinking. Absolutely. I was thinking about Instagram and how my, who I follow has changed a lot. Yeah. I, I started in, you know, it's going to sound superficial, but I'd spot, you know, it's like Reese Witherspoon because, oh my God, don't we all want to be Reese Witherspoon? And now the people that I follow are much more in niche, in niches that I'm interested in. So like I have like a, for a while I had a glucose monitor on my arm to get healthier and stuff. And it's like, I want to follow people who talk about that, who talk about the stuff that I'm interested in rather than the Reese Witherspoons of the world or the Rihanna's. And not that I don't follow them or see them, but they're less interesting to me than people who are really speaking to me. Mm, It's funny how things evolve like that, right? I think that I'm the same way right now. Just like my very specific interests are the ones that pop up. Yeah. And those are the ones that I, I like dig I'll go, let me go through their, you know, their profile and see what they're offering or go check out what they're selling or go look like I will dig deeper with them instead of just, oh, I want to surround myself with influencers who have perfect lives. Like that's the other thing that I'm really pushing against is I want, I don't want people to just show me their curated lives. To be honest, it just makes me feel bad. In, you know, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, and I also question, like, why are you just putting this out? Yeah. <laughs> so that I've, I've noticed in myself, like what I'm craving and that's what I recommend you put out. Be It's why like when it, like I teach like messy business building, which means like you try stuff and hopefully it'll work and it might not work. And how do you deal with that? And how do you pick yourself up? And that's, I think that is, that authentic piece is so important. It so is. I totally agree with that. So once we get started and we decide whether we're doing a digital product or maybe that Zoom call. Oh, wait. And I have one more, just one more, one more that I recommend you think about, which is one-on-one coaching. Talk about easy. And again, but it's not just, again, I'm teaching marketing. I am teaching marketing to real estate agents who are millennials. And I will help you by the end of this call, like optimize your bio. Right. Something very specific. Like that. Mm -hmm really concrete and we're going to work on it together. And, and because I've set myself up as an expert at this and I know the ins and outs of this. And by the end of this hour, you will have an optimized bio on Instagram to attract the right kinds of clients. Mm, Right. So anyway, those are the three I recommend you start with, but you could start with a membership or you could start with, and one last thing about the workshop, you're going to potentially, hopefully record it. Let's say it's on zoom. And then you can sell that as a mini course. Yes, I love that. That's one of my favorite strategies. There's so much power in a replay. I mean, it's great to show up live to a webinar, but replays are just as awesome. So once we decide on what we want to start with, how do you recommend picking a topic? Ooh, okay. What I would think about is what do you hear people asking you a bunch or, and if you don't, let's say, have an audience that speaks to you, because I find that to be like, I don't even, my audience doesn't even speak to me that much, even though I prompt them constantly. So can you go into a Facebook group? Can you find out where your people hang out and listen to the the ways they are describing their problems? Hmm. That's where I would start. So yes, you have a hypothesis, but I would validate it by making sure other people are talking about it and using their language, not your language to describe it. What do you think about this strategy? I did this maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago. I wanted this. I wanted the exact language that you're talking about. So I offered a few free calls, kind of like coaching slash planning calls and just really dug into food bloggers businesses. And I wrote down their language and then I went back and looked at the scripts and I could see which one, you know, like what the common themes were. And I pulled those out and I used that as messaging to create 
paid products. I think that is brilliant. We have our own nomenclature where I might talk about, okay, like uh, I might call it an opt-in and you might call it a freebie and whatever, or, uh, you know, I always use this as an example, conversions. Like I know what a conversion is. So if I throw the word conversion around, which is sale, you might know, but you might not. So what are you using? And that is what is so important because I want you to know that I relate to you. Yes, exactly. And as part of my whole kind of messy business building, I love that. Do stuff that doesn't scale. Get on calls with people if they'll talk to you or DM them or ask them just so that you aren't building your business in a vacuum. And yeah, I told people about that experiment that I did and I had I had reactions that were like, you did what? You offered how many? Because I did like two or three months weekly of weekly calls for free and people were floored. And I was like, you guys, this is a test. It's an experiment. I'm going to get super valuable information and I get to help people along the way. So for me, it was very worth it. But I think a lot of people shy away from that sort of thing because it is your time and it's your energy. I agree. And this is where though I say, what is moving your business and start use that as your guiding principle. Eblog Talk is here to support you at every stage of your food blogging journey to help you accelerate your blog's growth so you can achieve your freedom. We offer many services that will help get you on the right path no matter where you're at in your journey. Don't forget to check out our free discussion forum at forum.eblogtalk.com. Go there to connect with like-minded peers, to learn and to grow, and to share any wins that you have. Our signature service is our mastermind program. We are currently accepting waitlist submissions for 2024. So if you want to get on the list for this year-long experience starting in January 2024, definitely do that now. If you are not quite ready for that investment, the Mini Minds program might be for you. It is a six-month program that will help you achieve your goals and overcome any obstacles that are holding you back. And if you're up for getting together in person with some like-minded food bloggers, consider coming to one of our in-person retreats in 2023. This is a great way to get to know your fellow food bloggers really well in an intimate setting to learn a ton about food blogging in a short time frame and to eat some delicious food that you will never forget. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash services to get all the information about all of our services. So we pick something that we want to dig into. What about pricing? Ooh, that's a good one. Ready? People ask me all the time, well, what should I price this at? And I go, I don't know, but you can test it. Meaning that's a, okay. And like another, another funny example is somebody will say, oh my God, I have this, this idea for a digital product. Like, what do you think? And this, this, that, I had this conversation and I was like, oh my God, I love that. I think that's fantastic. And the person said, so you think it'll work? And I go, oh, I have no idea. I don't know. Let's try it out. Meaning again, like, cause it's about being humble. Like, I don't know. I, I can tell you what I think will happen, but only when you test it, will you know? So what I would say is in the beginning, do not think about pricing as a way to make a quick buck, but always charge for stuff. And I wouldn't, so it's like this fine balance between People want to underprice themselves. Oh, it's only $5. Well, but that also signals to your customer that maybe this isn't that valuable. But then you're like, well, I will charge $400. And it's like, well, well, that might alienate a bunch Mm. of your buyers. So where is that sweet spot? And I can kind of, based on what you want to sell, give you an idea. So it's not like I'm really, I really have no thoughts about it. But how do I convey to my audience that what I am selling is of value and you should pay for it because this is this strange truism, which is I value what I pay for. So for example, when people say, I'm going to do a workshop, should I do it for free? And I say, absolutely not. I do workshops where I'm talking about digital products and I'm also talking about the wonders of my lottery cart. However, I will charge you $10 to come Because now is the $10 going to make or break me? Absolutely not. However, I know if you've got 10 bucks on the line, like you're going to show up differently. So I want to communicate to you, hey, I'm teaching something of value and I want you because I know you will be more successful if you pay me $10 than if you just get the free replay. Yes. 
Yeah, that's and so not true. ever listen to it or watch it. So it's like that. So I want to communicate in my pricing that what I'm offering is of value. And so I kind of usually say, like, don't price things lower than say nine dollars if it's like a you know a worksheet or something like that. But I don't. Again, I don't. It depends on your niche and it depends on your people. But I would say with your first product, it isn't about, oh my God, I'm gonna just I don't know get all these crazy sales for four hundred dollars each. No. It's about building that relationship with that person, providing that value so that you can then get on a call with them or you can say, hey, here's my next offer. So at the end of an offer, I always recommend you present your second offer. So at the end of the workshop, that's where you go, hey, guys, I'm offering some coaching. I'm discounting my price just for you guys. Here's the link to sign up. And we're going to say, get your Instagram bio set up by the end of the coaching call, whatever it is, but make sure you are having one digital product lead directly into the next. So don't provide a service or a tool or a product without having another offer ready to go. Exactly. Exactly. And again, it's a great way to test the second offer because then nobody like takes you up on that. Okay. So in your next workshop, you're going to try something different. Right. And if that person takes you up on that offer and, you know, a couple people want to coach with you, you love on them. Like you provide so much value. That's the other thing I always say at the end of a workshop, offer something personal, which again, I get that pushback of like, I can't, you know, I say offer a 15 minute call. Or you, or you'll review something. Yes. Like, let's say you're a photographer, and you go, you send me your t- your three photos that you've taken based on what I've taught you, and I'll give you some feedback. Now, you can do like a quick Loom video. You can just email them back some comments. You could get on a call with them, but and then they say to me, "How would I scale that? Like, what if what if everybody takes me up on that?" And I say, "You would be the luckiest person." Uh, I was just going to say that. Amazing for you if everyone takes you up on that. And so you have to spend a couple days or whatever doing these calls or doing these videos or whatever it is, but they will feel so connected to you and you will feel connected to them. I know not everybody agrees with me and you on this, but I tend to over-deliver, especially when I'm just launching something because that is going to be like the thing that people remember. Like, oh my gosh, Megan spent... 60 minutes with me for free and she gave me all of this valuable information that is what people walk away with that love that you share with people when you do it from a just a really good place yes that's going to go far and they are more likely to purchase from you in the future and they're more likely to do favors for you when you want something done absolutely and i think that it's a fine line again most of the people i coach and work with are women and we're good at giving. And sometimes we have a really hard time selling. Yeah. And so oh, like we we want to overgive. And so you have to find that oh, line. There is a balance. And <laughs> and there is, and it is about then charge not, you know, not giving stuff away for free. Like I, I totally agree with what you did of getting on calls with people, but at a certain point, okay, now you go create that product and you charge for it. And I say, when it comes to selling, this is funny, and people have said, really? But I go, go be salesy. Because <laughs> that's always the freak out. Like, I can't sell because I don't want to be salesy. So I say, you are such a kind person. You being salesy is probably barely selling enough. <laughs> so you go be salesy. Because I, to be honest, I haven't met that many pushy, like, food bloggers, you know? No, zero. <laughs> who are like the car salesmen, like they don't, again, as a a population, I don't think that's our problem as much as it is we undersell. Hey, you know, we put the the ebook that we're selling for $9 in the PS in your newsletter. Like, hey, maybe if you want this, it's here. But, you know, all the recipes are also on my blog for free. So don't think you have to buy it. And it's like, no, no, Right. Almost apologizing. Like, I'm so sorry to ask you for money. (laughs) So I'm all about really stepping into your value, even when it feels weird. I am all about, you know, I, I find that building businesses is the best way to work on myself. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Yes. It makes me so weirdly brave because I've got to put food on my table. You know, I've got to provide. So if I feel uncomfortable reaching out, 
I have to push myself to do it or I have to push myself to sell or I have to push myself to, God, go speak at a conference, you know, whereas I don't want to do that. I don't want to do any of that. (laughs) And just to keep in mind that when you're selling something that you really believe in and that is a good value to people, you're actually serving them. You're not, you're not annoying them. You are doing them a service. Absolutely. Or, or I love this too, that people will say, well, I'm going to give, create products and give them away for free so that I can then charge. And I'm like, what do you, no, 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 please stop. You know, yes, you might have an opt-in for free, but no, like you want to put out, like you, you know, I get paid for this. Yeah. Right. So what are your thoughts about that? Because I do talk to a lot of food bloggers who create freebie opt-ins. Do you feel Mm -hmm. like that should never be the case or in certain situations? Oh, I love freebie opt-ins because people get a taste. You are getting something of value, which is you are getting their email address. So I think that's really valuable because you're building your tribe of people. And then the hope is that you're emailing them or connecting with them in a way that they feel like you're not just, you know, this, like, I, I love this idea or I, I, I've heard this so many times, you know, like my mom will go, oh, I found this recipe. I go, really, where'd you find it? And she's like, Pinterest. And I'm like, well, not exactly <laughs> Pinterest, mom. Like that was somebody's My mom used blog. to do the same thing. That's funny. So it's just like, yeah, how do you then be like, I'm not just a, a, a pin on Pinterest, but I'm a person. So getting that person on your email list is like a real privilege. Yeah. So yes, I definitely think Opt-ins are a great way to do this, but then you can go deeper with how you serve them. And that's where you can really put together some value. So where I'm seeing food bloggers have success is taking their best recipes and putting them together and offering them on, you know, selling them, but like selling them on say the recipes that make sense. Like if you like this pasta recipe, great, because I've got my top five pasta sure. recipes and I put them together in a super simple ebook. Now, maybe all those recipes are on your blog, but what they're buying is they are buying the ease with which they have these recipes. Yes, the packaging. You've put the package together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm I'm telling you, these are high quality recipes. Like these you will not go wrong with. Yeah, you don't have to search around. It's all right here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you trust me, because I've built that trust, then hopefully you would want to buy this because I'm going to make your life easier. Yes. Amen. Most people would sign up for that immediately, right? You're making people's lives easier in some way. So, okay, let's say we start with an ebook that we're selling for, I don't know, $9. Mm-hmm. How does that lead to something bigger and bigger and bigger? Do you recommend making offers that are increasingly bigger in cost until you get to a high like signature type product? I recommend selling your ebook and then I recommend building especially with your first few customers like building a relationship with them and asking them what else would you want for it? Not specifically what else would you, like not as open-ended, but like if I were to offer this, this, or this, would you be interested in any of those things? So again, I would start building with your community. Uh, would you ever be interested in coaching? Would you ever be interested in a membership? Would you be interested in another type of ebook? Here are some ideas I have. So this is, again, this is where you have a hypothesis and then you go test it. So a lot of what you're saying is really just like start delivering in some way and then you listen and you continue delivering based on what your people are telling you. Totally, which is where that idea, and when I say the word messy, I don't really mean messy, but I mean it's like you are steering the ship, but with lots of input and you're willing to pivot. You're willing to go like, oh, I didn't think of that. So for example, when we started Catch My Party and if you could see like our first permutation of catch my party. This was like the biggest business lesson I think I've ever I've ever learned especially at the beginning. We built it for teen girls. Oh. And it was for people to show off their sweet 16s and their proms and their quinceañeras and their bar and bat mitzvahs and like big parties. And then it was really weird because 
teen girls didn't want to add their party photos to catch my party. And I'm like a 30 something year old woman kind of chasing them around the internet. Like, Hey, like I look like a crazy stalker. (laughs) And then what happened was moms with Etsy shops who created say beautiful party supplies or printables or selling stuff like that were also throwing these beautiful parties. And they started adding their party photos to catch my party with links to their Etsy shops. And my husband and I were like, oh, no, <laughs> we've attracted the wrong That's audience. So, yeah. And ultimately, then we stepped back and said, wait a second, maybe we thought our audience was teen girls but maybe that's not who our audience is at all. And then as soon as we opened it up to Etsy sellers and said, yes, guys, please add a link to your Etsy shop. Like instead of being like, wait a minute, they're putting links to their Etsy shops. You know what? Do we want that? We're like, yes, we want that. And not only that now on Catch My Party, if you put a link to your Etsy shop, we will import your Etsy products onto our site. Okay. And by the way, yes, we make an affiliate fee for that. However, however, we started doing that before Etsy even had an affiliate program. So it was just a way to, again, provide value to incentivize people. Hey, if you add your party photos and your Etsy shop, like this is a great way to get attention. Yeah. this It's like such a story of just going with the flow all the time. Like there's no way to, we were talking about this before, right? When, before we were even recording, like you have to, as an entrepreneur and food blogger, you've just got to be willing to pivot all the time and you can't anticipate even what's going to come. And maybe you can a little bit, but when you look back, you see you've made all of these windy decisions based on just what's come up. Like you never would have been able to anticipate all that you guys have been through with Catch My Party, right? There's no way. No, it was Catch My Party, our traffic dropping because of Facebook. So we we had to pivot and lean toward Pinterest. So my husband built a pop-up and it worked. And then we're like, wait a minute, we could roll this out to other platforms. We didn't start saying we're going to create a SaaS product, which means software as a service. No. Yeah. Or Milo Tree Cart. We were intentional about that because There was this glaring problem that we kept seeing, and it felt like all I want for female creators, mothers, women, like they want freedom. That's why they're doing this, kind of like what we were talking about way at the beginning. Like I left Hollywood because I needed more freedom, and it it felt like a sweater that was too tight, and I had to take it off. And I'm sure many people listening to this know that feeling. And that's why they've started their food blogs because they want that freedom. So we were saying, wait a second, these women have communities, they have ideas for digital products, but there's something stopping them from doing that. Mm -hmm. So what could we do to make it easier for them to open up, to turn on a new revenue stream? Yes. And that was the problem. That's the problem we solve. So we say we are easy. We are for non-techies. We are for beginners. And I want to lean into that. You know, people will be like, oh, shouldn't you not say that? I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like we offer free fill-in-the-blank sales pages. You don't get a lot of customization, but guess what? You'll have a sales page up in 10 minutes. Like that's the trade-off. That's huge. I hate I hate writing sales pages. <laughs> I know. And so, and by the way, like I've got these awesome prompts for chat GPT and like, boom, I can, like you can write your sales oh, page man. in now like not 10 minutes, five minutes. Right. So it's like, how do I help you to get your stuff out there to make the world better? Because chances are you've got solutions that people need. Oh, that's so true. Everyone does. Everyone has solutions that people need. So being competent enough to just totally believe that. So that, exactly. And and I have to say that it is so fun. Like you were saying that, you know, when you, we were talking both of us about how we have these like bigger, bigger blogs. And then we have like our kind of our podcasts and our smaller businesses. And weirdly, I feel this way. And you shared that you do too. It feels more personal because like you're much more invested in people's successes. Mm, it's so true. Yeah. And so when I see people selling stuff who never thought they could, like some this one woman is selling now like $500 coaching packages on my literary card. And I'm like, you, and she just sold three. 
I'm like, you go. Or food bloggers have had tremendous success with paid workshops. One food blogger did a baguette making workshop where she made a baguette, like an easy baguette, and people showed up and boom, that's what, you know, she's like a French chef. And another one helped, who's more of like a nutritionist food blogger, did a workshop on how to help people get off sugar. Ooh, yeah. I mean, there's so many topics, right? In the food world, the the sky is the limit. There's so many things that you could dig into with food. Another woman did one on some sort of Indian food like preparation, you know, okay, yeah. for people who love Indian food. And that is, and again, the more specific, the better. Yeah. Like that is what why it's so cool because again, you get to show up with people and make that connection and help them. This has been so great. Okay, so if you could like put all of this in a just really small package for people, like here's step one, step two, step three. If someone listening has maybe not explored this as an additional revenue source, where would they start? So please go to milotree.com slash quiz. And we made this fun little personality quiz where we say start here and it's going to ask you some questions and maybe you're the kind of person who should start with the digital download. Maybe you're the person who should start with a workshop. Maybe you're the person who should start with some sort of coaching offer. And in that digital download, I'll give you a worksheet where you can just ideate. Like I want you to move faster than you want to move. I'd love you to just get stuff up. Then you can go to milotreecart.com, check it out. So the way it works is we, and this came from our, our customers. We were initially going to do it as like a monthly subscription and people were like, no, 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 we want to just buy it for a lifetime deal. So we sell it currently for $349 and you get to buy it and own it forever. And I get why they said this. One, they didn't want another subscription. And two, they just wanted to own it and know that it's there and they can just put up products and get sales pages and just test, test, test. And that is the beauty of it. I'm like, we give you unlimited sales pages. We, for your digital downloads, deliver them to your customer. So all you do is just upload it, any sort of file, any sort of file size, as many products as you want. And it's like this, and by the way, this is the other thing. This is like a perfect time to do this because you will get so much love from me and my team Mm. because I am so incentivized to help you be successful. Mm. Yes. Amazing. I mean, that right there is so much value. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, back in the day, you know, you wanted to get onto, like, if you were like, we were early on Pinterest and that helped us. You know, we have something for Catch My Party. We have something like 1.6 million Pinterest followers, which we grew, by the way, organically ourselves with our pop-up app. But like, could I say to you, hey, go start a Pinterest account and you too will get to 1.6 million. No, it's not going to happen. Like, I, I promise you it's not going to happen. And so it's kind of like that. Like, please like be on the ground floor with us because you will help us as we continue to build out our product and we just want to lean into you. So it's like, it's like a win-win again, like you, Megan, were saying like you wanted to do those coaching calls because you want to learn. Like I want to get on calls because I want to help and hear where people are struggling or hear where they're having easy successes so that I can go, hey, this worked for this person. Maybe it would work for you. Yeah, we're invested. We truly care too. Yep. Truly. Yeah. So that's kind of like the genesis. And I feel like there's so much to do as a food blogger and so much potential burnout and so many things that are out of your control, like the Instagram algorithm or Google or God knows what, like sponsors, whatever it is, God knows what, (laughs) but it's true. And like, it will keep you up at night. I don't know about you. It definitely keeps me up at night. So one thing that I feel, the people have said this to me, I feel it for my own business. When I can sell directly to my customers, to my audience, I own that relationship. And if I can provide value, guess what? I can sell to them again and again. So it's almost like it's taking your business off of rented land and own and and having more control. Mm, That's so valuable right now. More than But I would say it's not like I'm promising you an overnight, like, oh my God, you're going to turn this on and make thousands of dollars. No, it's about figuring it out and really looking for where you get 
traction and building off of that. And I I think I shared this with you before we press record, but like somebody said to me, well, I don't understand. You talk about you're going to build a digital product empire and I'm selling a $5 ebook. However, just like we talked about, if you can sell a $5 ebook, chances are you can sell a $70 coaching session and more you could beyond. sell and more yeah. exactly then you've got your your membership or your mastermind or whatever it is and that's how you grow your digital product empire mm, i love this what a great conversation so valuable for food bloggers jillian thank you so much we appreciate you and your time today oh my god thank you for having me uh, so fun so to end i like to ask my guests if they have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration do you have something to share with us I do. All right, let's hear. And this is something that, again, in my membership, I said, and it was like kind of shocking. And I've said it now almost to myself every day. And I say it whenever I can. And it is do B minus work every day. All right. Yes. And what I mean by that is when I said it the first time, I said, okay, here, here I had some homework that I offer, okay, right? Yeah. And it was like, hey, guys, like do this, you know, will you work on this and send it to me and I'll review it. And I go, I want you to do, but I don't want you to do A plus work. Please don't do that. That's too paralyzing. So I said, do B level work. And then I go, no, no, no. B (laughs) B minus is better. Because you know why? Be my, it's above average. I am not telling you to do average level work. I am telling you to do work that is good and a little embarrassing. You know, where you feel embarrassed, but I wouldn't feel embarrassed like seeing it. And I always said to my members, if you think something is embarrassing and it's bad, email it to me and I'll be, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. And so far, and people would do it. And I so far never said to somebody, Ooh, don't, (laughs) don't post this because I think we hold ourselves to this incredibly high standard and we don't then move as fast as we need to be moving to be finding all of these wonders that are right there out there for you. So please do B minus work every day. It won't burn you out. It is above average and it will get you going and get you achieving success. That was beautiful and so refreshing. So thank you for that, Jillian. I loved that. (laughs) <laughs> that was amazing. Here's it. But honestly, I have a post-it right here by my desk, and it says, do B minus work every day, because I need the reminder as uh, well. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. We'll put together show notes for you, Jillian. So if anyone wants to go look at those, go to eblogtalk.com forward slash Milo Tree. And I know you already kind of did this, but do you want to recap where people can find you, Jillian, online and social media? Totally. Okay. So I have a podcast called the Blogger Genius Podcast. If you just Google it, you'll find it and it's you can get it anywhere. And please feel free if you have any questions, reach out to me. I'm at Jillian at MiloTree.com. And I'd love to hear your questions. Check out Catch My Party. We've got some great free printables over there. Also, our Milo Tree pop-up app is just at MiloTree.com. But please check out Milo Tree Cart, which is built for, ready for it, non-techies so that you can really turn on a whole new income stream and find the freedom you're looking for. So please, I'd love to hear from you. Oh, and you can find us on Instagram at MiloTree and stuff like that. But like, please don't be a stranger. Awesome. Thank you again so much, Jillian. And thank you for listening, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.